0: Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health Radio show where we talk about the crossroads of the environment and our health. With me, talk to me guy Richard, and as we know, Sherry Edwards is off working on the SoundHealthPortal.com. My current thinking on the Sound Health Portal, really to learn about it and to get an example and see why you want to go back and find the campaigns, is to go to the SoundHealthPortal.com, scroll down to the bottom find the video tab, click on that, pick a subject that you're interested in, and what you'll be watching is Sherry doing an online live workup with somebody. It's a recording, but they're recent, there are lots of them, a video recording, so you get to watch the process of somebody doing an intake into the portal, which means speaking into a microphone and being recorded and having that broken down into bits and pieces that show amazing amounts of information. I just think it's the best way to learn about the portal because you can actually see it in action and see how it works and the kind of amazing reports and the amount of data that you get out of it, which still blows my mind every day, and I've been talking with Sherry since forever. It's a great way to learn about it and see it and then go back to the campaigns, and the campaigns are free software programs that you can have your voice run through, and once you see it, all of that is so much easier. So the current campaigns are BioDiet, Fibromyalgia, Neuroplasticity, Corona Conflict. Where well, you can have your voice run through those for free and get a report. Watch the video first. I think that's a really great way to learn about the portal. And you'll have a lot more context when you start wanting to use it because it really helps to see it in action. To hear and share replays of this show, which you will want to, about 20 to 30 minutes after you hear the outro music, You can go to talktomeguy.com, scroll down that page, and you'll see the episodes, the current episode, which this one will be at the top in about 30 minutes afterwards. And there will be all the show notes and all the links that we talk about in the show and any new links I'll put in there. And you can also at the bottom right of that, you'll be able to click on this little microphone, whether on a mobile device or on a computer. And you can tap on that microphone and leave me a voice message and say, I have questions, or what about this, or all sorts of questions. The bottom of the screen, there's a player right under the show notes that you can listen to it right there. And or about nine or ten links to other podcast aggregators, which is fancy speak for podcast player. From iOS to Android OS and everything in between you'll be able to listen to the show and easily share the show it it works really well on mobile devices it works great on computers but it's designed really to work on mobile devices since everybody's listening on their mobile devices now and you can check out some of the almost 400 other hours of shows there which blows my mind when i say that out loud with that ed harold is an author, inspirational leader, public speaker, coach and educator Ed's mastery in the science of mindful breathing has guided him to apply conscious breathing practices in corporate health and performance coaching, fitness and athletic training, health care, continuing education courses, stress reduction, and overall health and well-being. Ed is the author of Life with Breath, IQ plus EQ equals new you, as well as Body Mind Business, the business of being within. Ed blends the fields of neuroscience and the wisdom of contemplative traditions into effective strategies to improve health, well-being, and performance. Ed's fluency and mindfulness-based strategies combined with a belief in human potential gives him the depth and understanding to meet individuals and group needs across industries and platforms. Ed is a contributing health and wellness editor for Thrive Global, Mind Body Green, and PT on the Net. Huffington Post and more. Ed joins us today to talk about community equals immunity. Welcome, Ed.
1: Ah, oh, Richard, thank you so much. It's great hearing your voice and thrill seekers out there in the health world.
0: <laughs> exactly. Hang on, please have your seat in the reclined position. Have a beverage. this show, This show comes about, well, because I wanted to talk to you again, and also because you posted something on Instagram, that I really wanted us to talk about in the big picture. And it's also a longish thing, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm really going to read the thing I want us to focus in on. And I'll post the link to this Instagram post on the show notes. And really, the, the thing that I wanted us to talk about is that part of the paragraph that posted was, this week I watched someone not let another help them because of their political party. They needed some help but would not let this individual help them. And my question is, do you feel that breath can help us break the spell of isolation?
1: Absolutely. You know, when we breathe, there's an opportunity there to interact with the subconscious information in our mind and make neuroplastic adjustments on the fly when we feel safe. You know, when we lose control of our breath or the mental internal or external environment uh, is threatening or or not safe, immunity function will drop. And this 2020 is all about reorganizing ourselves where we feel applicable at any given moment internally in our thoughts, feelings, perceptions,
0: values. And in a in a bigger scale, I've been in groups, let's say three to five hundred, where we've either been part of a group meditation or a kind of group i'll I'll just leave it at meditation. It could be breath work. I haven't done as much breath work as I was like, but either that a breathing practice leading to a meditation or something like that. And when you get three to five hundred people doing something like that there's what I would call a palpable feeling in the room. What, what is that from your life experience of
1: breathing? The research seems to indicate that when we come into a group, whether it be a a business meeting or a team athletic meeting or whatever the group may be, every heart is beating on its own individual beat, uh, based on our perception of of what's happening uh, as we come into this group. And what seems to happen, uh, as the group spends more minutes together, it appears that the heart of the individual appears to sync with neighbor hearts. And it's almost like a metrodome. Everyone's breath rate and heart rate seems to come into synergy or coherence And something magical appears to occur to parts of our brain that sometimes might give us faulty messages or has a tendency to knee-jerk reaction into a competitive or defensive or aggressive state when it's not needed, when we're not in danger. There's no physical risk of harm. And when we can begin to turn off some of the lower animal centers of the brain we can all begin to realize that the real heart is the real brain and when we can all think with our heart first and then analyze it through our brain second there's an opportunity there for all of us to take a deep breath and sigh and relax and and know that we don't need to separate ourselves from our internal dialogue we don't Require to separate ourselves from other peeing other beings in most situations, and then we begin to realize that when we separate ourselves from others who we might be in disagreement with, we're actually just separating ourselves from ourselves
0: mm. and i want to from my view, I want to make clear that i'm not saying on that paragraph that you posted. I'm not saying anybody has to change their mind. I'm just saying that we can be in, is that when all the group is together, is that called coherence? Can we have a yes. state of coherence? So we yes. can have a state of coherence and still be in disagreement. That's in the form of a question.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know, this diversity that we're able to view with the human mind is unlike any other animal on earth. And we have the ability to break nature or break our genetic codes based on what is classically called free will. And what happens with a lot of folks is over a period of time, you know, we start to become lonely or there's anxiety or, or depression and we have lower levels of dopamine and serotonin in the brain. And then we become competitive with ourselves in an artificial way and then when that doesn't work then we begin to compete against others in an artificial way because it makes us feel uh, more
0: powerful Mm. Mm -hmm. versus the idea of uh, as a friend of mine would say as caroline casey would say strong enough to be gentle
1: that's that's the whole key I mean, where do we need to apply grace in our life and where do we have to use the hammer? And when you can start to apply the grace where you're using the hammer in the past and where you can apply a gentle hammer where there needs to be grace, then you're rewiring the neural pathways of the brain. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this just popped into my brain that in sumo wrestling when the referee the the reason he holds his hand up and will not drop his hand the referee will hold the match until the breathing of both competitors matches the moment they come into coherence he drops his hand and the battle can start and I have always thought that was a very interesting thing
1: yeah I think that's a great awareness You know, working with athletes as much as I do, one of the things I tried to really reinforce internally to the athlete is, is there's no one out there. You're not competing against anyone else. You're competing against parts of the conversation in your brain that thinks you can't do it or you haven't done enough training or so-and-so always beats me, so they're going to beat me today. There's nobody else out there. What we really need to focus on how we can get our internal dialogue into a space where we can neutralize thought forms that we would classically
0: uh call negative. hmm And it it takes a lot of energy to hold on to negative emotion. And doesn't that negative if, if we continue that trend well that I know that Mark Harmon talks about this. Uh this also feeds into illness and dis-ease I like to spread that out because I think that's really what it is it's a state of dis-ease we're out of ease and so it takes a tremendous amount of energy when you've worked with athletes do they observe a difference between being a negative state or I want to kill that guy or you know whatever that languaging is to coming into being within themselves and seeing themselves be the best they can possibly be versus coming up from a negative perspective? Do they see a performance shift?
1: I think a lot of the really great ones see the bigger picture about what's taking place in competition. Whatever sport that you're in, you're trying to leave little seeds that'll leave the sport a little bit more efficient and better than when you initially took it on. I think in the the majority of the people that we see in, in fitness today might not really have the right mental s- state uh, to really get the most out of their training. And what that means to me is even though we're, we're training, we don't want to weaken immunity. Even though we're training, we never want to cause injury to the body. Even though we're training, we don't want to place ourselves in a position where we're fighting back to neutral or or going up this ladder to to feel really good about ourselves. It's really all, to me, it's about getting a hold of our breath and the value of that, getting a hold of a mental intention of something you'd like to manifest, either short term or long term, and then just letting the inherent energy of the earth, the organic nature of the body to allow it to take place without interruption
0: sounds like sounds like watching a pack of wolves I, I, I have a lot of respect for wolves because they're very pack animals we're really pack animals we just forgot Uh but wolves know they're pack animals and when they go into battle there will always be that moment again they're not going to go into into battle if they need to breathing hard they're gonna they're gonna rest for a moment take a deep breath then lunge you know, and I know. They all watch out for each other.
1: A hundred percent right. You know, I've been fortunate enough recently to be out uh, in nature, out in the wild, and I just find myself being amazed at the pace of how nature lives, the pace at which horses and cows walk, their their ability to be completely enveloped in the present moment, not distracted by what's going on outside of them. And there's there's situational awareness. Let's just use that word, situational awareness. They're super dialed in to what they're doing. And so much of the time, we seem to struggle with that.
0: <laughs> Boy, howdy. There's this you made me think of cows and there's this really wonderful documentary called Kiss the Ground about regenerative farming and there's a scene in which we're watching a farmer who manages cattle and they're regenerating the earth because the cattle eat the grass, rough up the grass, walk on it, poop on it and then move to the next quadrant and then you go back 6 weeks later and look at that area where they were and it's healthier and more vital and more grass is growing and this farmer manages them by having sticks poked into the ground blocking off a of area they drop this little silly rope and just walk amongst the cows the cows walk over to the next space and they put up the silly little rope and the cows are like okay that's cool we're good we just thought it over here now we're on a new patch and they manage 8,000 acres this way there's no loud noise there's no tractors there's no trailers there's no they just have this you know they they're doing their thing and the farmers are working with them doing that they're all in in it together it's an amazing thing to watch
1: that was an and amazing amazing movie i i got so much out of that <clears throat> and i i thought back of topsoil when i was a child in the 70s and earlier times and and the quality of food that i used to eat and i used to be so insulated Uh, internally uh, from destructive perceptions behavior separation and then over a period of time in my lifetime the topsoil has been taken off the earth and as the topsoil became removed I wasn't utilizing food as my primary medicine and over time I noticed my nervous system became a little weaker I would overheat a lot when I used to not overheat or become extra sensitive about things that weren't important, when there was this layer of topsoil on the planet. And I look at our peripheral nervous system that's reading the external environment as my topsoil. And Mm -hmm. when the topsoil was removed from the earth, there was almost a layer removed from me where I need to be doubly focused when I leave the house to remain completely grounded and have a sense of indifference of everything I see outside of me with all different opinions, shapes, colors, uh, sizes, in, in, a, in the healthiest ways as possible.
0: hmm You almost got me on a whole other show right there. <laughs> we will get back to that sometime because I think, well, I'll, I will toss in that these same cattle then go on to be grass-fed beef and grass-fed I have a <laughs> I always have to say this grass-fed grass-finished because there is grass-fed mm-hmm. beef but then it's grain-finished and then it's a lie grass-fed grass-finished and when you eat grass-fed long enough grass-fed grass-finished which I happen to be fortunate because I know these farmers I happen to know those farmers you can actually feel the difference in, of the energy of the meat because it's it's led that kind of life it's not in stockades it's out wandering this happens to be in Northern California these cows have a very good life in one bad day and they're transforming the earth and the farmers are transforming the earth and I have a great fondness for farmers I like to go to farmers market and get food from the pans that grew it because those people are some of the strongest healthiest people I know because they have their hands in the earth they're participating in the microbiome of the earth and I think also there's a coherence effect there from having your hands directly in the earth Mm. Uh, Mm. because you're really in touch with the earth and the earth is in spite of what we think the thing (laughs) (laughs) in spite of all of that Um, I want to jump slightly and and have you talk to us about The vagal nerve and breath how we can speaking of chill out how how breath can have effect on our systems which leads to the more out of dis-ease we are I feel the more our immune system is stronger and healthier so could you talk to us about the vagal nerve and breath
1: yeah the vagus nerve is one of our cranial nerves And there's two pairs of the vagus nerve Uh, these nerves are outside the brain and they help the brain read the environment and prepare us for the moments opportunities and then whatever you choose is is what you've chosen and that choice uh, will have obviously an effect or a, a consequence now Relaxing these earlier cranial nerves before we get to the vagus nerve. Number one, releasing and relaxing around our eyes, the optic nerve. Releasing and relaxing around the ears and the low jaw. The earlier cranial nerves are tied in to the expression of our face. So the more that we can relax our face... The more that we can breathe slowly through our nose, we are going to bring up a relaxation response around the sympathetic activity. The sympathetic activity, uh, the cortisol, the adrenaline, you know, it gets a lot of bad publicity today under these times of heavy stress. The sympathetic nervous system is always on. It needs to be on to do what it needs to do to keep us moving, to keep us alive. Moving to the other branch of the autonomic system is the parasympathetic branch. The major nerve there is the vagus nerve, and it starts at the top of the forebrain, it comes down through the cervical spine, it pierces the heart and lungs, it pierces the thoracic diaphragm, the breathing, the primary muscle of inhale, and then it has little tentacles that go down into every organ in the abdomen, And the only place it doesn't touch in the abdomen is our adrenal glands, which rest on top of our kidneys. And when you're trying to activate the vagus nerve and the relaxation feel-good qualities, the resilient qualities of this, you don't need to fire off your adrenal glands. So whoever made these bodies was (laughs) super genius in regard to creating the opportunity to adapt to various different environments, to adapt to environments in different seasons, to to adapt to different levels of sunlight and moonlight, and to keep us congruent with what's going on in our external environment. When we're talking about breathing, a great way to activate the vagus nerve is to activate a yoga breath called the ujjayi breathing, or the ocean-sounding breath. And in that, we contract a piece of cartilage that's just above the trachea called the epiglottis. And when we contract it, there's a sound that comes out of the throat. I'm going to make this sound right now. I can't talk when I'm doing it. So it's a neutral hum or tone that moves through the larynx, the pharynx around the trachea and esophagus and it activates and strengthens the vagal nerve or when you activate it you're raising vagal tone. So learning how to exhale is key to rebalancing ourselves from what takes place during inhale. The great part about the nostril exhale is that it has the ability to be twice or three times as long as the length of our inhale. And this is one of the magical keys that activates and strengthens vagal tone. And the more vagal tone we have, the more dopamine and serotonin we're gonna have in the brain. So this is gonna produce feel-good awarenesses. This is gonna produce calm awareness around the thoughts, feelings, emotions that we're working with, and then learning how to work with this calm, you'll look outside you and you'll see that every other animal in nature is moving at a pace that in man-made time, we would see, is extremely slow. But you will also see that that animal is completely in balance with its environment. So, getting folks to breathe through their nose, exhale longer than your inhale, learn how to make the ocean sound or the ujjayi sound. And right there, you've created a secret for yourself, a secret to a more vibrant brain into the later years of your life, a secret into improving cardiovascular health, a secret into removing waste from the internal walls, Of our gastrointestinal organs so that these organs can be as vibrant as they were as energy filled as they were in our youth
0: one of my first thoughts there is part of what you said is every day I wake up and I think it's a miracle that that happens in the sense of not that I'm not dead but that our our bodies are just stunningly complicated just Now we talk about AI and everybody's all AI this and AI that. Our bodies are like the most amazing systems in the world. The fact that I can be standing here now and hold myself up and wave my hands around and have a conversation with you while breathing, while digesting, while everythinging is phenomenal. So that you and your research has led us to understanding that we can use breath to improve our cardiovascular health I don't hear a lot of people talking about that I hear a lot of people talking about CoQ10 and maybe Hawthorne berry syrup and all those sorts of things but that that we can improve our well-being which I think and then in turn improves our community's well-being because we're out of dis-ease is mind-blowing it's like a mic drop it's like we could stop the show now for me I don't want to But, I mean, it's really, that's phenomenal. By just breathing, we can improve our own cardiovascular health and, I believe, the wellness of our community.
1: Breathing is the master key, Richard. No matter what you're doing in your life, if you would like to improve it, learning how to work with specific types of simple breath control, you will manifest this improvement faster in earth time. It'll take you less days, less seconds, less minutes to improve from the inside out. And there is no improvement from the outside in. Everything happens from the inside out on this planet. Everything starts in a seed form. The seed cracks open and it searches for sun. It searches for wind. It searches for water. It searches for air. And we are no different than any other species on the earth. We need to get into the present moment. Where's the present moment? Where is it? Well, it's not always in the brain. It's in Hmm. the body. So when folks say to me, Ed, I can't meditate. You know, my, my brain is just all over the place and I've got all these ideas and it won't settle down. I'm like, great. Oh, I'm so glad you've got an active mind. When you take the mind and you switch your meditation to where the breath is going in your body and you imagine your body as your brain, then you immediately drop into the present moment. And then you begin to notice I am doing something very cool for my body and my body loves me. So much, and it's finally getting some of my attention and this amazing in-breath and this amazing out-breath. So a lot of this separation that we're seeing externally today for really, in my mind, no good reason at all, unless you're in physical danger, is that we need to go to the body. We need to go back into the body. We need to go into the present moment. We need to shut down the analytical part of the brain that wants to judge, compete, and label thoughts against thoughts, ideas against ideas. It's like a dog chasing its tail. Everybody, I would just invite just to slow down your inhale and this amazing opportunity you have. Follow that breath down into your microbiome or the spine and just meditate with your body. And notice the relaxation response that you get that moves through your nervous system of the body, your soft tissue. And then go up after several minutes and take a look and notice the state of the mental activity.
0: This brings me to thinking about something I referred to earlier with Dr. Mark Harmon. Talks about, I have this quote here about, stress in all its forms leads to inflammation. So if we're in a chronic state of stress no wonder we have so much inflammation I mean besides the toxins and the pollutions and so there is that contribution of <laughs> I think of this chiropractor I used to know who used the terms think thinking and oh yeah it really does lead to can breath really help us with inflammation that's rhetorical I realize already I mean it just makes sense that it would help with inflammation We may not think that way directly, but more oxygen is always good for our bodies.
1: Well, we know that inflammation is is part of being human, and we require inflammation in certain areas of the body where we might become a little nicked up or we're a little sore, and the body actually creates inflammation to zero in on that area and produce healing. It creates stress in that area, and then when that area is healed, then it'll go back into homeostasis or balance. What we're focusing on today in the modern world in 2020 is something called chronic inflammation. Uh-huh. And chronic inflammation in the body simply is oxygen not reaching the depths of what it was last year or years ago. The idea here is to get underneath the story of the body with the breath. And getting still in the mind, if you need something to do with your mind, just direct your mind to follow the flow of your inhale and follow the flow of your exhale in your body. And there will be sensations that will arise from that. And this is the gateway of getting down into the body because the thoracic diaphragm, the muscle that is the primary muscle of inhale, it separates our thoracic cavity from our abdominal area. And each time we breathe in and out, this muscle acts like a plunger that you would use to clean the toilet. On the inhale, it pushes down and pushes pressure down to remove waste and send that down through our lymphatic and digestive system to remove these wastes. And then on the exhale, the diaphragm muscle moves up under our cardiovascular organs, and we get this wonderful massage in the lower lobes of our lungs and the bottom of our heart. The amazing part about the lungs is that the top of the lungs and the bottom of the lungs from a physiological standpoint are completely different the lower lobes of the lungs are imbued with parasympathetic oxygen rich serotonin rich nerve endings that activate the vagus nerve it allows us to reduce inflammation burn fat uh, burn mucus phlegm anything that's impeding oxygen distribution so the amazing thing about the diaphragm muscle is its location and it's very difficult to get at. What's that mean? It means you can't get at it in the gym. You can do it all the sit-ups you want. The more sit-ups you do, you're actually probably going to impair your ability to inhale richly down into the abdomen. You can't really work the diaphragm muscle in massage. It, it can't really be palpitated due to its location. The only way that I'm aware of that you can effectively strengthen The diaphragm muscle and create more range of motion with the diaphragm muscle which is going to create more balance is to work on slowly lengthening your inhale to completion from the abdomen to the collarbone and then slowly lengthening the amount of time it takes you to exhale stretching the diaphragm muscle and pushing the heart and lungs gently up towards your collarbone getting that wonderful massage and we all know that a healthy massage is going to produce healthier circulation more alkalinity less acidity and then that means less chronic
0: inflammation mm. less inflammation is good <laughs> it's always good I want to jump slightly because I'm, I'm going to refer to your to the IQ and EQ equals new you so we have emotional intelligence we have mental cognitive abilities when we develop this and we add breath to this can we move ourselves out of states of fear because fear seems like a place of hmm, i can't come up with a better word at this point of weakness it's it's weakness in the sense of i don't mean it's weak like oh you're weak i mean it's a weak place to operate from like you'll never see a samurai warrior go into into a battle in the state of fear they're completely and totally we talked about this backstage before the show. Samurai warriors and not unlike the similar wrestlers go completely into the moment right before battle. They're not thinking I left the tea kettle on at home. They're here now hyper focused on what's about to occur. So as we get out of fear, which is somewhat distracting. Can we help blow that out with breath? Certainly. So
1: you'll notice as soon as you take conscious control of the length, depth, and pace of your inhale, in other words, you've overridden your autonomic nervous system's organic natural ability to breathe for you when you're focused on work or you're focused on something else. As soon as you start to control your breath, the higher part of the brain, the hippocampus turns on and goes, oh, Richard's controlling his breathing. So (laughs) at that point, With the hippocampus turned on, rather than the lower brain's amygdala, where fear is organizing some sort of a response, as soon as you begin to slow the breathing down, you have the opportunity to interact with the film when you're in that fear thread. Now, there could be a seed of truth in that fear. The other 99% of it is just drama. It's just theater And really doesn't need to be there so how do we work with breath and other ways to enhance our ability to become more aware of the fear earlier on before it hijacks us and moves us out of our heart and moves us into a position of separateness and we're at war with ourselves or we're at war with others number one is become aware that there is a fearful thought number two slowing your inhale and exhale down, and maybe holding the breath in for a second and holding the breath out for a second. And when you hold it in for a second or hold it out for a second, notice just in that brief hold, I'm not talking about something of depriving the brain of oxygen or turning your face blue, it's a brief hold. There's plenty of oxygen in the body. You'll notice fear can't be in that gap. It's impossible. It's a neutral space. Another way of unwinding fear is a focused breath, and then with your eyes closed, moving the eyes cross-laterally, looking left, looking right, looking left and right very slowly with a focused breath. If you were in danger, the amygdala would fire off and you would zero in on that lion in front of you, or you would zero in and stare at that thought in the film you're watching in your mind. When you move your eyes cross-laterally, you're signaling to the amygdala, we're safe in this environment, because if I was in danger, my eyes would be locked in. So that cross-lateral movement activates the two prefrontal cortexes of the brain, the most conscious parts of the brain. It alerts the lower animal brain that you're safe. There's no need for self-preservation in this moment. And then the awareness will immediately move up into the higher brain, where we have opportunities there to rework that fear And when we're reworking fear, it's important for folks to know, you don't have to take a fearful thread and turn it positive. It is way too long a trip and life's too short. Hmm. The idea for me with clients is is to take something fearful and bring it to neutral, bring it to the 50-yard line, so that when the next time that thought comes up, there isn't the visceral effect in the body that the breath becomes rapid or we start to hyperventilate, and then the amygdala is going to fire off with the HPA axis of the brain. So consciously slowing the breath, moving the eyes left and right, and then if that doesn't work, take that mental fear thread and use imagery and breathe slowly, and imagine you can take it and place it in your heart. Immediately, your heart will eviscerate the illusion of fear. Your heart is your most courageous thought center. And we usually go to the heart last after we've beaten the crap out of ourselves or someone else for an extended period of time. So there's a lot of different ways to work with breath and different types of imagery and movement to break up these fears. Because every time we activate fear, we weaken immunity.
0: Mm. and if we if we do I understand that fear has a function a survival function that it is appropriate when you hear perhaps a loud noise in nature or a gunshot or something to look up and to pay attention like where's that coming from what is that and or you know when the Hong honks when the horn honks on a car and you're crossing a crosswalk to pay attention to what that is that fear has a function it's a survive there is a positive benefit to being slightly like hyper alert however I would go ahead
1: no it's so great I I love this topic because you know when I'm working with folks I think there's a big difference between fear and danger Mm. you know fear is something internally that we haven't really we don't understand what it's like to be human when we're in fear. We're we're kind of missing the boat on it. Danger is something outside of us. It's an animal. It's a car horn. It's us. You're going to fall off a cliff. And when we can start to break down fear and danger, the same thing is going to happen from a physiological, psychological standpoint, but they're really completely different. And how do we neutralize the mental perception around fear, whether I'm not good enough or, you know, everybody's happy but me or all these thoughts that come that seem to create this form of loneliness. And we, in 2020, we have this amazing thing of everybody being sent home, so sort to of speak. And how do we interact in this home environment in the healthiest ways of possible? And then the key here was the how can I be alone without Being lonely
0: and lonely can be (laughs) I'll say tricky in the sense of well that that leads me to where I was going with I know people who are alone or in lockdown because they're partially there I'm not saying we're supposed to be all going out and holding hands and licking each other however I don't think staying at home and being in a state of fear is doing anything for our immune systems which is why I wanted to have this conversation with you today is that we can be in lockdown and still be safe we're safe we're okay we might be lonely but we can do all sorts of facetiming and all sorts of things to connect with other people you're separating fear and danger there is no danger we're in home, we're safe, we're okay and I'd like people to have more of that experience of getting out of this worried state which then sends the hormone cascade into being concerned and worried the the cells are on alert like why what's going on I'm afraid what's happening if you really freak yourself out then you can have a cortisol dump and it, when dogs have a cortisol dump or they go into a fight or they get scared they shake and people think they're shaking because they're scared it's because they've already gone through the scared part and when they're shaking what they're doing is they're processing off the cortisol they shake to dump that cortisol dump we're not that smart go ahead you were gonna say something
1: no I just I just learned something right there thank you so much yeah you know there's a lot there let's just start with the fact that when you improve respiration Okay, for most of us, that's going to be closing the mouth, number one, not allowing carbon dioxide to escape during the mouth. When you begin to slow your breath down, your respiration rate is going to equal your heart rate, and your heart rate is going to reflect your neural activity, and there becomes a certain part in the film that we're watching in our head where that film starts to move too fast, and we lose control of controlling our internal and external environment. So when we improve respiration protocols, every person who's within earshot of this, my invitation to you for the rest of your life is every spare moment you have, slow your breathing down consciously so that over a period of a week or two, your brain will see subconsciously, this is how I want you to breathe when you're not telling me to breathe slowly. When we improve the qualities of respiration, The first benefactor of that is you're going to improve your qualities of digestion, elimination, and assimilation. And these are the core energy centers and functions, that the hard drive of of what's taking place. So improving respiration improves your ability to reduce inflammation inside your gastrointestinal organs. And when you do that, the natural tendency of the body then is to strengthen immunity because you become more efficient with your energy. You become more efficient and self-aware with your situational awareness. It's important for folks to know that the immune system itself is not necessarily a primary function of the human body. It's kind of an accoutrement that you get from eating the right food, taking care of your body, taking care of your thoughts and your mind, learning how to activate stillness. When we begin to lose control of our breath and there's the brain is going to sense danger immediately. The first thing it's going to do is it's going to shut off immunity. It makes no sense to keep you alive if you're going to be killed. So (laughs) the immune system is going to be turned off all the blood and energy that's in your gut that is helping you remove the waste and remove toxicity, bacteria, viruses, mucuses is going to leave your gut and go out into your muscles and bones in an effort to either get something or not become something for someone else. (laughs) So we can hack this system back in the homostasis by getting, by first of all, breathing through your nose. Every animal on earth is breathing through its nose its entire life, unless it's hunting or being hunted. We are no different. We are part of this system on the planet earth. So as we begin to slow our breath down, amazing things begin to happen in our mind-body connection that's going to improve respiration, which is going to improve your cardiovascular system, taking pressure off your heart. You're taking pressure off your heart. You're taking artificial pressure off your brain. So you're keeping the brain neurons healthy. And when the brain senses safety and the environment that you're in, the body will naturally burn fat as its primary fuel and it will amplify immunity so you don't get sick.
0: Another mic drop. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's amazing. It, it makes me think about in a, in a sort of a side manner, it, it, because I just heard him speak, Ron Kauk, K-A-U-K, people are going to want to probably look up his videos. Is a resident of Yosemite, California, where he his primary work there is teaching at-risk youth rock climbing. And and Ron is uh, one of the world's most renowned rock climbers. And when I say rock climbing, I mean free hand climbing, mm-hmm. where you got nothing, <laughs> which blows my mind every time I see him do it. It just blows my mind. He's the guy who's you know the body double for Tom Cruise when he's climbing sheer face He's the body double for you know any number of Hollywood elite who look like they're climbers and when he talks about it, he says Getting ready for hard moves, which to me is the first step (laughs) That's like I that right there. I'm locked up but when he's You see this, I've seen footage of him where they've they've zoomed all the way in and you see him making the move and then they zoom out and he's in the middle of a sheer face of something at Yosemite or some rock climbing incident. And his equipment consists of a bag of chalk and maybe a rope that he kind of, you know, pinions into the hillside, the mountain in case he falls to catch him. But I mean, there's no safety wiring or harness or anything. And so when he's doing this, he says when you're when you're getting set to do a hard move which means when you're climbing up perhaps and you have to put your fingertips on that shelf or that cliff and then lift yourself up over that cliff the first thing he does is you have to remain calm and breathe and it really in in our conversation it really drives that point home he's the most chill person i have ever met If I get to see him again, I will have to ask him if he's a breath practitioner or if it's a product of what he's done most of his life. And that's how he transforms these kids who've been in trouble or gotten arrested or something bad. He takes them out and it isn't that he's doing anything other than than helping them observe how they really have to care for themselves and guard themselves and watch your other team as you're climbing. But he's really bringing them fully into their bodies and making them experience themselves as powerful beings, which is slightly off-breath, but it's really part of breath. It's really part of what you're talking about.
1: It's all about breath. I'm sure when he is going from point A to point B, he's going to initiate from a point of safety to another point. He is always going to initiate that movement on an inhale. So when the diaphragm's moving down on the inhale, it connects with his lower body strength, and then he begins the movement on an inhale. And everyone should do this same technique in everything that you're doing. Whenever you're going to attach yourself to a thought, do it on an inhale and use the power of your breath to fuel. Don't start a new thought. On an exhale when the energy is leaving the body and you're losing your legs so to speak the idea here is whatever you're doing whether it's mental emotional or physical or spiritual you always want to work with the power of nature that you can harness from the environment around you so whether you're getting up from a chair or sitting down on a chair everything should begin with the diaphragm moving downward connecting with the gut and connecting with the larger muscles and bones of the lower body to create stability in the upper body so you don't fall over. But predominantly, it creates stability and concentration and focus in what we're trying to achieve in the brain.
0: Well, I think it all, yes, and I think that part of what's happening is that since our cells are always listening mm-hmm. to everything, they're waiting for a hormone signal. But they're always kind of like what what's going on what's happening are we okay are we good when the cells get that signal of we're hyper alert and we're concerned and we're fearful the cells are more constricted more like oh what's gonna happen versus if we're able to breathe and be oxygenated and be in the moment the cells can relax and become less constricted and and the whole system functions more effectively As you say when we're going into battle we don't care so much how our digestion is doing we don't think oh, I'm feeling a little gassy this is like none of that you're totally going into battle and the cells know that as well so as you breathe and we have more of that experience the cells are able to relax and the whole system is able to function more effectively and more from a dis eased state exactly and
1: You know, when we slow that breath down and we can take a little deeper look into the mind, you know, any part of the mind that doesn't want to be looked at or observed, you know you've got something there you've got to look at that's going to spread and get worse. So become grateful for whatever uh, your awareness is at any given moment and know that it's predominantly temporary uh, unless it's unconditional love and forgiveness for yourself. You know, the, the foundation of mindfulness might be first emptying your mind of what doesn't need to be there because it, it makes no sense to plant all these beautiful flowers that are going to come out next spring if you don't go into the garden and pull the weeds first because the weeds suck twice as much of the energy
0: out as the flowers do back to that stinking thinking <laughs> it's a lot of energy going nowhere and it takes a lot of energy to move this sack of water around it's a thing. It's really quite extraordinary. I'd like to ask you. I'm I'm stunned to find we're kind of close to the end. Would you be able to take us to a, a brief breathing exercise as we approach the close?
1: Oh, I'd love to. So I'm seated in a chair. I'm hopefully you are too. First thing we want to do is we want to connect down with our lower body, and wherever you're touching the earth just really pressing down as if you're going to stand up. And as soon as you engage that lower body, notice your spine comes straight and your shoulders fall away from your ears, your trachea stretches long and it's easier to breathe. Very simple. This is not rocket science. So getting everything in order from the shoulders down to your legs and just press down the earth and just notice how much easier it is to breathe when your spine is erect. Now to breathe more efficiently, turn your palms up on your legs. And on your next inhale, take your arms out to the side to the opposite walls of your room, and then inhale your hands overhead, interlace your fingers, and then hold the breath in. Press your feet down. You'll feel pressure starting to build. And then on the exhale, release your hands. Let them trace across the ceiling, down the opposite walls. And at the end of your exhale, let your hands touch your legs, and we'll do another. Press the feet down, inhale, take your hands slowly up the opposite walls, feel them moving through space, interlace your fingers, hold the breath in, press your feet down, and just wait. Try to bypass that first call to exhale that's usually fear-based. On that second call to exhale that's body-based, exhale through your nose, release the hands through space, drop your shoulders, You'll feel a relaxation response as the hands come back to the legs. And we'll do one more. Press the feet down first. Get grounded. Draw the breath through the nostrils. Sweep the hands to the side. Take them overhead. Interlace the fingers. Hold the breath in. Lift your ribs higher away from your ribs and see if you can really clear that upper abdomen. And then when that second call to exhale comes, it's through the nose, Release the arms, hands come down, and you'll feel yourselves relaxing. You'll take a resting breath, and now re-engage yourself.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's great. It's
1: simple. It's
0: simple. Well, and it's amazing just in that in that amount of time, those short three breaths how there can be such a shift.
1: That's why I love it because I'm all about efficiency. I'm all about yeah. quality. And again, like I said earlier, anything you're trying to achieve in your life, these breast strategies will help you achieve it faster with less mental, emotional, and physical
0: wear and tear. That was great. Less wear and tear. That's a great idea. Ed, That was an adventure as I knew it was going to be. Thank you so much.
1: Well, Richard, it's important for you to know how important your contribution is to your audience during these times of adversity.
0: Wow, that's a whole other show. I'll keep breathing instead of thinking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll talk next week. Bye-bye.